0: Hi, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So I know that if you've been listening to this podcast this season, we are talking about everything attachment. And I love bringing my friend Jacqueline on the show because she loves to talk about attachment. So we like to talk about relationships and dating And speaking of dating, we want to talk about fantasy and what that means when you're dating and what kind of relationship do you want to create. Can you create a relationship in the fantasy world or your ideal person, if you will?
1: And if you're out there and you say, I don't have fantasy, but you identify as an insecure attacher, we just want you to listen to this whole episode and see what you can pull away from and relate to, okay? Because here's the thing. With insecure attachment, there is a certain amount of rigidity in the brain. And these little elements of ideals or fantasy, if you will, and Mary and I are going to get into what exactly that entails, really are signs that back to that rigid piece, that you're experiencing dysregulation and most likely developmental mental stages that weren't fully, how do you say, realized, if you will. There are some little developmental challenges that need to be processed and healed.
0: If yeah, I like to call it like developmental atrophy, right? We just mm-hmm. get stuck in a certain stage in our life where we develop. Just when we're talking about fantasy, I always think of fantasy as like where I was as a teenager And so when I got stuck in that stage, my, in my teenage stage of creating that fantasy person for me, the fantasy person that I wanted to have a relationship with, I think that's like when I was like in that developmental atrophy and I couldn't move past that in my dating life because I had certain physical attributes that I wanted. They had to have a certain career path and that. As an adult, that doesn't really work in a way in terms of living in that fantasy because I was always looking for that fantasy. And until I healed those younger wounds, it was really hard for me to see the whole picture of a person. I felt like my brain was so rigid around that creation of the fantasy that it really kept me from seeing people who showed up, right? I would just dismiss them because they were not part of that fantasy that I had created.
1: I love the story, the example that you gave Mary, because Mary and I are going to talk all about fantasy. And if you don't think you struggle with fantasy, but do identify as insecurely attached, chances are it's there. And we're going to give you a handful of examples of what this looks like. So you can understand where it's sneak attacking or sabotaging possible connections that might be fulfilling long term. Why don't we start with, Mary, you had given this example or just generally examples of what that looked like. I'm wondering if you have any particular stories in your background where perhaps you see now that it was feeding into your fantasy or taking you away from the idea of what you had that you wanted.
0: So I can definitely give an example about feeding the fantasy or I could just really give gener- a general example about feeding the fantasy because I just had a very specific type of person hmm. that I wanted to date. And it, it it's interesting because when I reflect on like all the people that I've dated, it really just happened in this one time in my life where it was just like this two to three year period that for some reason I had this very specific type of person that I wanted to date. They had to, you know, have a certain type of job, look a certain way, and have these, these certain kind of extracurricular interests that I also like to participate in. And so that kind of kept me very focused on dating that kind of person. And what happened was I was date started to date people who didn't treat me well. But because I was so fixated on the other attributes that that they fulfilled, I didn't really care about how I was treated. And I really also didn't really didn't reflect on how this was actually not relationship building. So it was more like I wanted this fantasy to be fulfilled, but what I really wasn't looking at was like, what kind what actual kind of relationship did I want to build? And for some reason, I thought the fantasy was just going to flip into this like fantasy relationship that I also thought that I wanted. Like it was just like magically happen.
1: Yeah. Like these, these lists, my, my, my perfect partner, will have A, B, C, D, E, F look this certain way. And I can get everything on that list, or I'm going to, it should feel this particular way when I'm with the the ideal partner for myself, or even in my case, like I remember I'd done so many relationship programs. And one time along the way, I'd heard, you got to get rid of the list. Okay. And you only get three deal breakers. And so I had my three deal breakers. And so People just had to fit.
0: I'm just laughing right now. I'm laughing about like three deal breakers. That's it. If you're running anxious, there's no way that three would be like, no, I need 25 deal breakers.
1: Actually, I did do the three. And you know what? I remember one of my deal breakers were hands down, I got to have the chemistry. And by the way, I'm a believer that we all have to have chemistry. And I'll just give a few examples and then we can break down. I'll I'll allow you, Mary, to break me down into why these are fantasy and the difference between a desire or the rigid brain the fantasy brain if you will like the disconnect that's happening so with chemistry i needed to feel really attracted to the person and i had always said chemistry can look any different kind of way like it's not a particular look and so part of my i'll say my pattern looking back is i noticed i'd tend to fall head over heels for people who I had physical attributes I was really into, right? The importance was high on those and lower on the other things, right? Like lower on the generosity or dependability. So six-pack
0: abs, high?
1: No, I was like looser around that stuff, but it was the story. And I remember I dated this one person and, oh man, I was just from the get-go, head over heels. Like the minute we met, it was on. It, he, in my eyes, was the complete package.
0: And were you wowed or were you <laughs> being wooed by the uh, physical attributes of this person? Oh, and did that make them the complete package? And did that make them the complete package?
1: It did override everything else. He, and, but he had enough of the other package in much oh, tinier ways. Okay. So
0: the and, other part of the package in much he, tinier ways. He,
1: generosity was one of the things I needed. So he had some generosity that was like maybe three out of 10. The looks were 10 out of 10. They were like a 20 out of 10.
0: (laughs) So like you can average everything out and you were basically getting a five. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And. put up with a five now? Absolutely not. Okay. And this man was exhibiting some emotional instability and. two. That was in. And it was probably too, it wasn't horrible, but there was definitely some instability. And I remember a friend of mine, she'd always hear me talk about this person and she'd be like, she was trying to be such a supportive friend. She'd say, I commend you for your patience. (laughs) (laughs) That was her way of being supportive because in her eyes, she was thinking, how could you possibly put up with this? But I was so enamored by the package of this person that it led the show. Like I couldn't, like I I needed to be in that. And I definitely have looking first back... of all. Okay.
0: So I just want to interrupt and say, <laughs> I love that your friend looked at you as a whole person. She looked at you as somebody that had patience. And she said, I commend you for that. That.
1: So I'm glad that you brought that up, Mary, because one of the points we want to look at when I give that tiny example, where this guy had some of the other things, but those physical attributes led the show. And I'm a really visual person, right? So I can place a heavy importance on that. But this could be with anything. It might be with certain even personality characteristics, right? Maybe it's somebody who makes you laugh so much, right? And but maybe they make you laugh, but they're emotionally unstable and w- stable in ways that. Uh, wreak havoc on your life right like maybe they're not taking care of their emotional instability but they make you laugh so you're going to stay in it because they make you laugh and it's so great right there is that's a fantasy too or the person
0: who is um, that's all they do is make you laugh i actually dated a professional comedian who later was me too and (laughs) oops fantasy yeah and it was Funny for a while, but then I don't know if you've ever dated a comedian, but that's all they do is sit around and do bits. And then it just got old. I'm like, can we, is there something else that we can be doing? And it doesn't always have to be a stand up comedy routine here. There was a lot of chemistry around the funny, and then the funny got old.
1: So that's another part of fantasy. Mary, you had brought up something that we're going to get to later where you said looking at the whole person. And one of the patterns that I see in people who have attachment wounding, right? That's preventing them from having a more fulfilling long-term partnership is th- this inability to merge all the pieces of someone. So you can't just have the this person so hot but they're emotionally unstable, but I you know what? I'm going to look for the hot plus emotionally stable, plus they have the interesting job, plus we get along, right? That person is out there. Maybe, but When you think in terms of the idea, you have these ideas, this is not the reality of who a person is. And so it's putting, it's objectifying someone. Ooh. It's putting them in little
0: boxes. But we let's. There it is, because it's like, if you have the list, you have the boxes next to the list and you're like, check, check. And we're not checking off, I don't know, humanity. The problem is is you can't, right? Because there is all these different
1: pieces that come together that creates the, the, the soup of your relationship, right? So fantasy can also look like, I didn't even know this at the time, but when I look back on my relationship history and I see the people who now I can really see, these people were viable, long-term, fulfilling, would have treated me lovely. We had enough in common, but I wasn't attracted to those people. And this is such an easy out for the insecure attacher. I'm just not attracted to him, right? It's a sneaky one because of course we need attraction, but the insecure attacher is attaching very rigidly to certain things Mm -hmm. in order to have that fantasy to fulfill, right? The deeper need is fulfilling or patching up some developmental wounding. And I'm going to argue a lot of the fantasy is really in those like preteen teenage years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. Think about what your bedroom looked like <laughs> when you were growing up. I had so many. I, like GQ magazine was like plastered all over my walls because I had these like fantasies of what I thought we all we talk a lot about masculinity and femininity, and I had this fantasy of what my ideal masculine mate. And it was all based on looks.
1: Yeah. And I've heard out there, some pe- sometimes I get asked, oh, in order for me to have a, like a healthy partnership, does it mean I'm going to have to date someone I'm not attracted to? So here's the thing. It's not that you will have to date someone that you are not attracted to, but you're going to have to start, if you really want that fulfilling partnership, You've got to commit to the bigger picture, which is I want the fulfilling partnership, not the I need the person to look this certain way or have these certain characteristics in the sense of he must be funny and there's nothing else or she must be this or they must be whatever it is for you. Um, artsy or really sporty or whatever it is, whatever floats your boat. Or as my German friend says, whatever blows back your hair back.
0: Whatever blows your hair whatever. back. And I also think just a it- Especially when we're talking about, because we talk about like secure attachment versus insecure attachment. And Jacqueline and I talk a lot about dating and what secure dating looks. And I was joking with Jacqueline earlier and saying, if you want to have sex with a person, just have sex with the person and do that. And we were saying like how people who are more securely attached can just say, yeah, this is, I just want to have fun with this. I just want to date cute people and have a fun sex life, and that's it, and name it. But with people who are more insecurely attached, and we can just separate anxious, avoidant, disorganized, I feel like avoidance are easy to say, yeah, let me just date a bunch of people and have fun. But I think when we're talking about more anxious attachers, that's when you might start to put meaning on some of this stuff. It's, oh, I think I want a relationship But really, if I'm living in this fantasy world, maybe I don't want a relationship.
1: Or disorganized attachers, right? The disorganized is holding both, right? The yearning for partnership, or maybe it's not even a yearning. It's a more ambivalent way of saying, yeah, I want a relationship. But then Mm -hmm. there's this other side that's holding you back. No, because the intimacy is scary. And for those of you out there, I love this example. This is also fantasy. For those of you who do this. I'm so interested in that person. Oh my gosh, I sleep with them. They were bad and bad. I don't want anything to do them. Goodbye. That is fantasy and it is insecure attachment. I am sorry in my eyes for those of you out there who say, no, I just, the person was bad and bad or I just, I realized A, B, and C about them. No, you were in a fantasy about that person. The fantasy was not reality and you shut down in some way and pushed away. That's, sorry, that's the way I feel as an attachment therapist, that's the lens, right? And so your work is going to be to dig down into where was their developmental wounding right here? Because in order for you to move through those kinds of people, you have to integrate the side of you that was lost, right? That allows you to be more open to seeing something outside your box, right? If your box were working, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast.
0: (laughs) And hopefully you would be because you want to expand your mind and not be so rigid in your thinking because (laughs) curiosity, right? That's what keeps the world interesting. Exactly. But I love what you were talking about, like the bad in bed piece and, oh, forget it, it's over. And that's just so, that's that kind of black and white thinking that is that rigidity because you, first of all, you may not be able to determine how good somebody is in bed by just sleeping with them once or having sex with them once. And the other piece is having those conversations, right? It's what was not working for me in this while we were having sex, right? Maybe my needs weren't getting met and I wasn't able to actually voice what my needs were and have a conversation. Maybe it felt like it was too wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Maybe the other person didn't feel comfortable. Maybe they weren't interested in having sex, but felt like they needed to. I feel like there's so many other conversations that can be had around, this person was just bad and bad.
1: Finding, I love that you mentioned this because finding or earning secure attachment, really a big piece of that is not just going to be working on your past history, but how you are interacting with yourself and others within the moment. And I just want to push back on an example that you used a moment ago or or clear up. You had said a secure attacher, if they just wanted to have fun, they just be really clear on that for themselves and that's it, right? And then you had differentiated, you said avoidance can also do that as a way to to get away from, to avoid that intimacy. When Just to full out or round out that picture a bit more, I believe, Mary, when you were talking about how a secure person might do that, they might be doing that after they've been in a 15-year relationship or with someone a long time that it didn't work out in a certain capacity. So they're needing something different in the moment versus somebody who's routinely, Always with these kind of empty kind of relationships, right? That's the difference that we're talking about. So, if you have a pattern of just saying, oh, no big deal that I'm always just having fun with people, it never goes deep, chances are you run more avoidant, right? So, that's different Mm -hmm. than just saying, I'm secure enough to want whatever I want and that's okay. And going back to the disorganized, right? The skew of what you want and the reality can be different. So, deal breakers. If you feel absolutely physical attribute is really important, you're going to have to start looking at what are the things about that a person that you're giving up? And are you okay with the full picture? Somebody who runs a little more on fantasy is going to say, that didn't work in that person, but maybe I can find it somewhere else. Like this ideal person isn't out there. But as we said, humans aren't really just these little pieces, right? It's how we fit together. And secure attachers are able to look at the bigger picture and have that kind of inform how attracted to someone they are or not, right? The bigger lens of, oh, is this person patient? Is this person generous? Is this person kind? How does this person respond to me? And one of the markers as you move towards secure attachment is how you're able to communicate your needs and marking, does somebody have the ability to respond to that and to see how do things grow or not grow if they have the inability to respond to that like that's a really good marker and that allows space for perhaps something new and
0: I love that conversation because when we do talk about the fantasy and we talk about the attractiveness like right, the initial attraction which is important we do not want to discount that we are not saying date people that you're not attracted to we're not trying to give it that kind of exercise I think what What I get out of this is I can be very attracted to somebody and date them. And then I'm finding out as maybe a week or two into this sort of dating experience, I'm still like, oh, yes, this person is attractive. And just like what Jacqueline was saying, but I'm actually not really getting a lot of my needs met here. I'm asking for certain things. This person is not responding in the way that feels comfortable for me. I am trying to have a conversation with them about that. They're not open to it. And then this person actually starts becoming less attractive to me. And then I might not date them anymore. And then a friend might say, oh, what happened to that person? Oh, that person was so hot. I can't believe you're not dating them anymore. And I'm saying I'm not dating them because there are certain things, what we were, what we were talking about, deal breakers that. Or actual deal breakers to me, because as I get deeper and deeper into a relationship with someone, I want to have more of a back and forth with the person, and it's not all about how this person like looks naked.
1: I like this idea about doing something a little outsider box and or expanding um, our viewpoint of what it could be, what the right person could be for us, right? And you have to remember, if you run insecurely attached, the whole idea of what you are looking for is running from a place of wounding. So part of your work is going to be to find out where were those developmental wounds and how you can integrate or address or recover those parts of yourself. For me, I definitely had, I wasn't like the the coolest girl in high school and I also wasn't like a dork, but I did have some developmental trauma there, right? And that definitely informed my picker in some way. And even when I look back on parents and and the image of who my father was, actually, um, I needed the cool guy. And so whatever that signified to me at the time would be like the thing that I needed to grip onto. But the whole messaging will be skewed for you if you run insecure because it's coming. The whole idea of what you want is coming from that insecure place, right? So Working with that side that was developmentally wounded, as well as what Mary talks about, how can you expand what your type is? And physical attraction is not the same thing as chemistry. Those are two different things. Every single woman who, and actually we'll just say males, we'll say across the board, I'm pretty sure everybody can agree that Brad Pitt is an attractive human, right? We can all agree on that, right? Does that mean you will have chemistry with Brad Pitt? Yes. I was going to say it absolutely does. He might
0: be able to have chemistry uh, with a doorknob. Does that mean he might be able to have chemistry with a doorknob? Doorknobs are just flying, flying but... out of their doors to, to Brad Pitt. Okay. Yes. And it doesn't mean that Brad Pitt and I are going to have a good relationship because he probably can't provide so many things that I need. Or you won't be able to provide for him, right? Oh, I doubt that. It's. <laughs> You will make yourself provide.
1: (laughs) Will I be saying to you,
0: Mary? Oh, my gosh. And then I'm going to change myself for Brad Pitt. And then you're going to say to me, oh, my gosh, Mary, you are so different. What happened to you? And I'm like, who am I? I've lost my sense of self since I started dating Brad Pitt. This is terrible. And you will rescue me. I love this example, because
1: if you run anxious you might be thinking, hey, I can meet all this person's needs, right? Like, I, I, I can meet them all. I'm there for them. I'm doing this. I'm willing to do the work. You're probably doing the emotional heavy lifting. And where the fantasy lies in that is a disconnect from what you need, right? So it's learning to be honest and accepting and communicative of what you need as an individual. I just want to go back to the sex part that we spoke about before, where you had mentioned communication, because I think mm-hmm. this is an important point. Of how, for example, you have sex with someone the first time and you're like, oh my God, like that that did not go well. And so now, therefore, I'm turned off, right? The insecure attacher might say, you know what, I just I'm never going back there. Or maybe the anxious attacher is gonna do everything to just try to make that right. Try looking at what you were feeling, what was working for you, what wasn't, and communicating. If you were to the, do this, would make me feel really good. Or this didn't feel as that as good as. Blah, blah, blah. This would work for me. Offer the solution, not just your felt experience, your feelings. I feel disconnected from you. This would make me feel connected to you, right? Give them the solution. That's part of the, the security. there. Yeah. Based on how they respond, do they make you feel guilty? Do they throw it back on you? Do they, they project and have an inability to take in your experience? Well, that's information. That person might not be the best fit for you. Or are they able to say, oh, okay, how about this? Is that connecting or does that feel good? Somebody who has the ability to take in what you say and respond or try to find that attunement, right? Then that leads to a place of more secure attachment.
0: Okay, so I wanna ask you, what suggestions would you give to our listeners who are terrified and get into a freeze state when they are even thinking about asking for what they want in a relationship?
1: I would start off by telling the person that you're dating that you tend to freeze up and struggle sometimes in saying what you need. That alone will be part of building intimacy. You're going to do that when you're not triggered in that state, because when you're triggered in that state, it's going to be very hard to do that. Only with time are you going to build that muscle. So walking into dating. Probably date one. And so maybe it's date three is you say, oh, how do you tend to come to the table and blah, blah, blah way? I tend to freeze up a little bit. It's hard for me sometimes to know exactly what I need in the moment. I shut down. So that's something I struggle with a little bit. How do you come to the table? So you start learning. Does that person go into a fight response? Do they run? Do they tend to take more space? Try asking yourself, I would recommend this part of this is going to be your work in learning. What do you need in those moments? Do you need somebody to check in with you? It, maybe that seems like a large need to ask. But if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. You want somebody to meet you where you're at. Because the whole point is that you guys can earn secure attachment together.
0: Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's so important in relationships is to be working towards that. Earn secure attachment style together. And it can be very scary. And I like what Jacqueline is saying is just really feeling into how safe does this person feel and really like watching their reactions to things. And if this person doesn't feel like a safe person to you, maybe this is not even regardless of all the shiny, beautiful newness of the person this is a great way to check in with yourself that this might not be the right person for you.
1: Going back to the fantasy part, and I'm hearing in what you're saying, like it's almost somebody who runs so anxious that it's so terrifying to express the need Mm -hmm. or so avoidant or, or both really, is that part of your work is going to be to accept your limitations. And so the fantasy part of us can say, oh, but I could just handle everything or I should be able to not be in a free state. I, I, I shouldn't have to do this. And I, I can just show up in this way because I, I, I like this person and yada, 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 yada. But your ability to accept the limitations of where you're at is a sign of secure attachment within yourself. So if somebody makes me so nervous I get, or I get so nervous around someone that I have an inability to express any of my needs, that's a sign of where I'm at. So whether it's maybe being single for longer and working on that side of myself or using other people as practice each time yes. we go on dates, even if they're bad, it is an opportunity to practice secure attachment. And if you find that like drudge work to date, right? Because dating is, is not for the faint of heart. I was single for a long time. It's hard. It's hard. and <laughs> Trauma in its own right. But if you start leaning into these things as practice and, and a way to, if in essence, open up, because why are we doing all this work to experience a deeper level of satisfaction, fulfillment, love and joy
0: with within yourself? Yeah. And, and that's what it's like when you're out on your first or second date and you really feel like you don't have any kind of what we say, skin in the game. That is such a great time to take risks because who cares you may never see this person again and that's okay i think it's just you're building what we live to call the window of tolerance
1: part a therapy that can be highly effective is exposure therapy right and so if dating is something that's particularly triggering for you and you struggle with stating your needs exposure therapy of just going out with people and again learning to have fun within yourself it doesn't mean the person's the person for you and learning to have fun on the date and learning to communicate to people You might be surprised at what you learn, right? That's also going to build the flexibility within the brain to be open to someone who could be really great for you in all these ways you might not even see.
0: Okay, so I think we can leave our listeners with three takeaways about working with this fantasy idea.
1: So my first takeaway is going back to remembering that if you identify as a more insecure attacher your idea of love and relationships is going to be fueled from that place and reminding yourself of that hopefully will start to just maybe get a, allow for a little more space around someone
0: my second takeaway is to travel back in time <laughs> and think about when you're when you first started to get ideas of what relationships quote unquote should look like or what you thought a relationship should be and you know what when you started to think about what kind of relationship you wanted and what your fantasies were back in those days and who were the people that you had crushes on
1: love that back in the past
0: back in the past time travel
1: and number 3 i'm going to give a work on communication so th- i'm going to give a little parameter around how to do that You're going to talk about what your felt experience is. So in the I statement, I feel disconnected from you. And then you're going to give the solution.
0: When you spend all night watching television.
1: I feel disconnected from you. And if we were to spend more time together without the TV on talking about our feelings, I would feel more connected or bringing that back to, let's say you're out with someone, you're not that attracted to them. You're going to draw a boundary about how soon you have sex or kiss that person. I'm not ready to to kiss yet. I need more time. That space makes me feel more open and more ready, right? That's giving the person the solution. And if they are able to respect, that's somebody you might want to continue exploring with. And if they are not able to respect, that's somebody you might want to walk away from.
0: And also, you don't have to just talk about your feelings. You can also maybe suggest an activity. <laughs> yeah, that's just an example. Yes. I know. I just cracked. I slightly cringed and I slightly laughed when you're like, so we can spend more time talking about our feelings. I just threw that out. And I thought about the the other, I thought about the other person going, oh my gosh, are we going to spend all night talking about our feelings? I was thinking like, oh, can we play cards or do something instead so we can create other ways that we can connect?
1: Yes. You come up with a solution, give ideas. And if you're in the initial stage of dating, I would almost venture even with the, I feel statement, that's really more Um, relationship uh, stage. So if you're in the dating stage and you're not sure how you feel about someone, like I said, you're going to draw a boundary. I need more time around this or suggest activities that give you more of that space. And you have to stick to your boundary around that as
0: well. Yeah, just like when you were saying, I wish I had said, I don't feel comfortable kissing you right now. I, I don't feel comfortable having a physical connection or engaging in any sort of like physicality right now because I need to check in with myself to actually figure out, like, is this a relationship that I want to continue doing? Now, you don't need to say all of those things to the person because that's a lot on a second date. But it's good to check in with yourself and maybe say some of that stuff to yourself just to, to build what we like to say, that muscle of constantly checking in with yourself to see what it is that you want from the relationship. Or from the dating experience, and not what the other person wants or what you might think that they want.
1: Remember, when your brain is in that state of rigidity, and I don't care what it is about, but if it's a strong rigidity that you're experiencing about something, your job is to explore what is underneath that. Because remember, the rigidity is the survival response. So, going back to the attraction example, it's such an easy one. If you can say something like, I like to take my time getting to know people because I try to look at, I try to allow myself to develop a full, more well-rounded picture before I get physically involved, right? So that gives you that space to explore your side without kind of splaying too much trauma on the other person. And again, gives you also the opportunity to see how they respond.
0: So true. So thanks for listening to this episode about fantasy and attachment style. If you have any questions about attachment style or anything else, mental health, please DM me at Mary B. Therapy on Instagram, or you can reach out to me on my website, Marybtherapy.com. And thanks for listening.